Hi, welcome to McLaren Fans Podcast. Uh, we've got a rather special episode this week. Uh, normally, we do this after race weekend, but as you all will know, the season finished about a week ago. Uh, but we thought we'd uh, have a few McLaren fans on and have a bit of a chat about how we all felt 2020 went and what we're looking forward to in 2021. Um, and also kind of get a, get a bit of a view from everybody, um, you know, what were highlights, what were lowlights and everything else like that. So, uh, as always, I'm your host, Andy Donnelly. I'm joined by my uh, veritable co-host, Sarah Merritt. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. And a, a special Mook Christmas hello to you all. Oh, excellent. Mook Christmas. Uh, we're joined by Andy and Sarah Webb. Hello. Hello, happy Christmas. Hello, happy Christmas. Uh, we've got Hope Wallace. Hi, Hope. Hello, Merry Christmas. And we've got Nicky Sim as well. Hello, Merry Christmas. Right, great stuff. Uh, yeah, obviously everything's settled down a little bit from all of the fun of last weekend. Um, I kind of feel that, yeah, you know, uh, might be riding this sort of P3 high until uh, March when it all kicks off again. Um, what we're going to do is just have a bit of chat about 2020 season first and then sort of go from there and then let's talk about sort of our hopes for 2021 and what we would like to see happening both on and off the track and a few of the bits and pieces. So I guess the first question that I want to kind of put to you all is given what happened in Australia in March, did we think we would have a season at all? Did we think that, you know, we were going to get to the point where we've had 17 races, is it, that we've had since June? I mean, it's pretty good going. Uh, if a little scary, because, you know, that we've had some a couple of triple headers, lots of back-to-backs. Um, but, yeah, you know, what were we thinking back then? Uh, what about you, Sarah? I didn't think we were we were going to have a season and I'll be the first to admit that when I saw the skeleton calendar being published I tweeted saying I didn't think it was fair uh, I felt it was too much of a risk to ask team members to go off traveling around the world at the moment um, and I think probably when they first started talking about the calendar I'd still stand by that um, but as they got their Covid testing and everything more organized it made more sense uh, a couple of months later. I think overall they've done an incredibly good job to to put together a race with seventeen seasons, uh, seventeen seasons, seventeen races. But but the best thing of all has been the the locations that have been on the calendar. And oh my god, I've wanted to visit some of them so much. So I really do hope they pop up again in the future. What about you, Nikki? I didn't think there'd be a actual calendar season this year either but then yeah like Sarah said I'm, I liked quite a lot of the tracks actually like Imola and Portimao and Omeo I, I always pronounce that wrong but <laughs> but yeah there's been some absolutely brilliant races and yeah it was a surprise in the end that they managed to get everything sorted and running as smoothly as they could yeah uh Hope what was what were your thoughts around that time um, I don't know. I kind of the same as Sarah. I wasn't thrilled. 
um, with it, to be honest. Like, it's such, obviously, it's a new thing. We've never had to deal with it before, ever. Probably, hopefully, we'll never, ever have to deal with it ever again. Um, but I, my first thought went to the families of the people, the team members that, you know, have to say goodbye to their loved ones. That's hard anyway, but saying goodbye to them, you know, when there's, you know, a virus going on and, you know, it was known to have sort of, you know, been deadly at that point. I just thought, you know, is this the right thing to be doing? You know, should we be doing this? Obviously, as an F1 and racing fan, I was like, yeah, we get to see some racing. But, you know, on the other hand, I was like, mm, should we really be racing? But all the procedures they put in place have just been, you know, amazing. And, you know, the couple of drivers that unfortunately did get COVID, you know, they've, they've sorted it out and dealt with them very, you know, well. And it's just, yeah. I wasn't thrilled, but I'm glad that we did get a season in the end. If it was just a short one, it was fine. I was just happy if we had one race, I would have been happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andy and Sarah, I've kind of purposely left you to the last on this question. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. If, yeah. uh, if anyone's heard one of our previous episodes when Andy and Sarah were on, they were actually out in Australia uh, for the season opener. And it all went a little bit wrong. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you were probably sort of maybe a little bit more sort of sceptical that this was all going to go ahead, hadn't seen it all, I guess, to use the term sort of fall apart uh, in Melbourne earlier this year. First hand. I'm already tearing up at the thought of it, actually. Um, Yeah, incredibly emotional. And back then, considering that it was our team, McLaren, that unfortunately caught the the virus and our team members had to then isolate after everyone else came back to the UK. And we were still in Melbourne with them for all that time, Um, you know, sending them messages, dropping them bits, waving them at the windows, doing all the crazy things that you just trying to keep their spirits up even before they got their little deliveries. Um, so back then, we already knew that they were vulnerable. We were vulnerable. Everybody, the world was vulnerable to this virus. And I don't think racing came into our thoughts. Let's be honest. We all thought, that's it. The world is locked down. And to stay safe. Stay safe. What, what next? What, what next year? It was always what next year. I, I can remember us talking a lot. Mm. What was going to happen next year, next season? Yeah. Um, to, Cars on the track weren't even in our thoughts. No. To think let that, alone get to a then calendar get to, together. To get to what was it, June, late June, July, and then it was like, well, cars are going to be back on the track again. And it was like, wow, this is so sudden. And it was just exciting to think that it was going to happen. And wow, we it happened. And they formulated a plan. They organised biospheres and. We were talking to people who were going around the world and it was well organised, well executed, really professionally done. And yeah, they've it's been stressful for them. We know that um, firsthand. But yeah, it's it's good for them. You know, they've been fine. I I believe. Well, there's still been more instances. We've got drivers that have caught it and team members that have caught it. But that generally they dealt with it very well. It's a, as they've gone a lot, as they've gone through it, they've learnt more about 
the virus and how to protect against it, etc. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. we I, all have, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess the feeling for me was that we were always trying to get to that nine race mark once we started because that meant that it constituted an official championship. Um, and I kind of felt that once we got there, anything else after that was a, was a massive bonus to get the 17 is outstanding. And, uh, you know, while we've congratulated team members and everything else like that, uh, there's so much work going on behind the scenes at the FIA, Formula One management, the people who run all the logistics to get this out on the road. It's been a mammoth effort. And actually, you know, when sometimes you kind of go, you know, you should think like F1 teams do and everything like that and things like that. I think because of what's happened, F1 teams are the perfect kind of sort of sport to get the thing back up and running again because they all they think like that 24-7. We think, oh, my God, how are you going to do this? They, they, they've already thought about it. They've already got it done. They've already got the strategy worked out, you know, um, and probably had it way ahead of what we knew what was going on. But, yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes. Uh, right. So uh, anything else anyone wants to just add to that before we move on to the next sort of bit? No? Right. So uh, I'm going to go around and just kind of start off. What was your kind of highlight from the season? What what kind of do you think, oh, yeah, you know, that was a brilliant sort of part of the season? Anyone? <laughs> yeah, obviously, first it. race. Come on, first, first race. Sarah's right. got the T-shirt on. Sarah, oh, go. that's Lando's. Go. Oh, this is Lando's podium. Yeah. yeah, first race. Yeah. So yeah, so obviously Lando getting the podium in uh, in Austria. Uh, the P three. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Scenario seven. Scenario seven. Two to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You just trying to get a discount code, Donnelly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will we'll, we'll mention them later. Advertising for them. <laughs> he wants to be their new brand ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't I, seen, I don't know if he's got the uh, legs for it. Hope to be honest. <laughs> I don't think so. No. He could do with a woolly hat though. Oh. Keep his head warm. Yes, the I've got the face for radio podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you, if you don't know, there is a brand that's run by one of the mechanics at McLaren called Scenario 7, and they do some fantastic clothing. If that doesn't get us a discount code for the next episode, <laughs> nothing will. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that podium. Um, oh God, wow. It was like we'd had Carlos had the podium in Brazil, and we were all on a bit of a high at the end of the season for that. We were like, we got that. But we were looking at it from a point of view of, well, Lewis got the penalty, then we got the podium from that. It was brilliant. We got a podium, the first one we've done for a long, long time. But to get one on actual race pace in the first race of the season and everything else like that, I, I literally was jumping around the front room um, mm-hmm. as, as much as I could. I was just, it was like as if some, you know a football team had scored a, the final, cup final goal in the last minute at Wembley to beat Perez on the last lap, the last corner. It felt a bit like when Hamilton won the championship, if that makes sense. I, I kind of probably had the expectancy of Hamilton to win the championship in 2008. I didn't have the expectancy of us to have a podium, so it felt a little bit more, a little bit more real, 
and especially after um, I think uh, you know after we've been through all the Honda the Honda years. As somebody said the other day that you know we are Honda survivors apparently. Uh, yeah. um, but there you go. So what about what about you guys? What about what about you, Nikki? Um, Carlos's podium as well. I cried at the end of that <laughs> a lot. That is that that's the one at Monza, yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. you know, talk, talk us talk to us a little bit more about that then. Well, not not about you crying, but the actual podium itself. You know. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just it was just brilliant the way that he got second. Um, yeah. Do you think though? I don't a, couple know. Of lap, I felt... a couple of laps ago, you could have caught him. Yeah. More. Yeah. Yeah, I he could have. I feel sorry for Carlos because yes, this time he got to stand on the podium. But we all know that Monza is the podium to stand on when there's fans below because it sticks out over the track and you've mm. got that atmosphere there. So I did feel sorry for him that he didn't get to feel that buzz that you'd feel with a Monza podium. But hey, you know, we can't look a gift horse in the mouth. Just happy you got the podium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were actually leading that race at race. one point, weren't we? Yeah, we've led quite a couple of races this year, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been very good for us. Uh, that was a quite a surprising and a good result actually, with with Pierre winning his first race as well, and us being on the podium. And I and, and even Lance being on the podium. It was a brilliant podium. It was a great race to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was. What about you, Hope? Yeah, just I, I don't know. Like it's just been a just emotional. Like the whole like Lando getting one, and I know Carlos got obviously podium last year, but like you said, it was I don't know. It it was still amazing, but I just sort of felt like you know we were gifted it. So I was like, mm, you know, I was still really happy for the team and everything, but to get one on merit and on like race pace was just like amazing. And yeah, there was uh, a lot of tears, even from Danny. Just saying, Danny cried. <laughs> <laughs> so right. it was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. But yeah, I'm just happy that we even to even get on the podium this year was just mental. When you didn't think at the start of the year you'd have a season to be on the podium twice, it's just yeah, just amazing. Were we on it twice? Was, Wait, were we on it twice? More than twice? No, twice. No, twice. no it was twice. twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. It's been a blur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've lost track of time this year i don't yeah. know it feels like last year i don't, don't know what's going on <laughs> to be oh, fair already... most people don't know what day of the week it is anymore so I don't you know. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all been stuck inside too long technically we've time traveled a week ahead anyway so uh, <laughs> uh what about you sarah and andy um, my personal highlight was obviously having a grand prix on my birthday which never happens normally because they're on close season um and obviously, I got to have a McLaren home fest, so I got to celebrate it with people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was my personal highlight. It's true. Well, same for you, Andy. Same for you. Uh, no, it, it probably isn't. Andy's it highlight. isn't. It isn't. Uh, the first race to me was the highlight because we got to go racing. I am a petrol head. I watch pretty much all sports. I am a, a BTCC enthusiast. I go to the races as well. So just to have Formula One back 
was everything. It was like it was my birthday thing. It was just boom. I was I was like a five year old. I I couldn't sit down. I was really excited, um, and obviously to get the reward straight away, I was mind blown. I'm like, what is this year going to be for us? And I I remember thinking over and over again, this could be. It started so badly in March, but could be so fantastic from that from that time. And it's turned out to be. So yeah. we've been rewarded and I'm still I'm still smiling today. I think mm-hmm. of all that everyone's gone home now and everybody's gone back to their families and we've got that. It's secured in history. Do you know what I mean? We've got that. It's in the history books. Um, I just can't wait for next season to start. I can't, <laughs> Christmas we'll, can do one. We'll get, on to that. we'll get on to the next season in a minute. I have um, to say, anyone that doesn't know Andy, he always jumps about like he's a five-year-old. So I there's nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never grow I up. I guarantee. It's like I'm dealing with ch- children, dealing with Andrew. So yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> Would you have me any so, other way though? That's the question. Yeah, asleep. <laughs> let's I not answer that one for now. <laughs> right. Let's go on to um, yeah. So obviously we had highlights. Unfortunately. What were the low points in the season? Obviously, if we put the COVID aside, the race being sort of cancelled earlier this year, once we got racing again, what were the kind of low lights? What kind of was the disappointing bits for you guys? Anyone got one that they want to kind of share? Go on, Sarah. Well, this is a general low light. I think, unfortunately... With the amazing progress the team has made over the year, that's really raised our expectations. So now, any race where we don't score double points or where anything negative happens, we're incredibly disappointed. You know, back in the McConda years that we refer to all the time, uh, we were like, yeah, 75 place grid penalty, yeah, no worries, we can handle that, believe in McLaren. But now we're so used to the team doing well that if we don't score double points, you know, we're we gutted for that. So that that would be my low light. But I would like to balance that against look how far we've come. You know, that's that's a good low light to have. Anyone else out there? What about you, Nikki? I was going to say when Carlos didn't get through to Q one, was it in bar, the first Bahrain race where his car just literally died? Oh yeah, was it the brakes seized on or re- something like that? Yeah. He did yeah. his handbrake turn. Yeah. <laughs> not the yeah. one where he just drove into a wall then. Not that one. Not that one. <laughs> well, not yeah. as bad as Max Verstappen driving into a wall. What about you, Hope? Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's been, it's been hard like seeing how um, hard Lando is on himself. Like... When he doesn't do, you know, as well as Carlos or when he doesn't do, you know, as well as he expects of himself, I feel like he has, I mean, they all do, but he has like really, really high expectations of himself. And you can always tell in like media sort of interviews after he's just sort of really downtrodden and it's hard to see him because he's so young to sort of take that sort of hit. You know, I know that they're sort of, brought up that way and that's you know always going to be sort of expected but to see him sort of a bit down this year has been sort of hard but that's literally you've had like that low and then you've had him on the podium and it's just like like a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think on that note, that. Hope, it's been uh, it's been really good that Lando came out and spoke about, you know, mm. for, for mind and, and for people getting help when they need to talk things over. So hopefully Definitely. he's a very good uh, role model for that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And it shows everyone watching, you know, like younger kids that, you know, it's okay if you feel, you know, disappointed or whatever, you know, you just, it's a good sort of motto, sort of, you know, pick yourself back up again. And, you know, here we go, you know, next race now, concentrate on something else. And it's in the past, you can't change it. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd like just to kind of just have a thing and, has there been any unsung heroes or stars of the team this year that maybe need a, you know, a little bit of kind of recognition, a bit of a, um, I want to use the word virtual hand clap or whatever from us fans? Um, I believe you've got one, Sarah. Yeah, so I've got two unsung heroes of the team and I'm going with Charlie and Henrik. I think that during a year when we could not travel or be trackside, their amazing content has brought us closer as a team and showed us behind the scenes. They were a shining light to us when we were stuck at home and, and locked down. And I'd like to give them a round of applause for everything they've done for us. Yes, absolutely second that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the unbox content that we've had this year has been fantastic. Uh, it's actually turned out to be one of my highlights of a racing weekend. You've, you've had the race on Sunday. And then what do you think? unboxed on Tuesday yes I can't wait for that and if it's not dropped out by like Tuesday and it's not there and you're like why is Ron McLaren unboxed why is he not here yet um, even to the point where I actually have watched it on my big telly at home which I don't normally yeah. do with any sort of stream content it is that good and it's that well put together um, and on that note um, I'd also like to say the sort of no strings attached that they've just come out with the last few weeks was superb. Amazing. Absolutely. On on the floor, in stitches. And I think that's just going to be, like, it's just completely memeable for years and years to come, that, isn't it? It's a 2020 tuned, isn't it? Definitely. It is, yeah. um, We're in the garage as well at the weekend. Yes. Yeah, they were in the big picture at the end, weren't they? Like I saw the two little puppets. It was so funny. Yeah. Is it is it wrong that I'd buy one of those if they made one? Is this? I that think wrong? we should. No. I think <laughs> we should. Let's get them on the McLaren I store. I the puppet maker to make some. I think like, would you make some mini ones for us, please? Yeah, yeah. We great. maybe need to find out who made them and see if we can get some made for us fans. Anyone else got? Anyone else got uh, an unsung hero of the team they want to give a shout out to? I want to give a big shout out, believe it or not, to the management because everybody knows Zach Brown is the overall officer that does everything. But bringing Andreas in and what Andreas has done for that team this year, um, the way he's handled every situation. And I just think I can cast my my mind as far back as... Martin and Eric and, and, and everybody else. But personally, I think our management structure at the moment is second to none. Forget Toto, forget Matteo, forget Christian Horner. Look at the way he's put that structure together, the way Zach has pulled it. I don't see a rift amongst any of our team. It's 
magnificent they way the, the way they work together um strategy mechanical aerodynamicists everything perfect our management guys i'm gonna take my half to you it's brilliant amazing oh no i've been blinded <laughs> we're all dazzled by the baldness stop it yeah. <laughs> it's That's always right. seemed that management should always do well but they don't think, get the credit they deserve i think true leadership i think has been what we can kind of sum up as as well mm. um any from anyone else before we move on to something else I'd probably like to say thanks to the people at the factory because they always seem to get forgotten as well. Mm. Yeah. Especially, I think, um, Lottie, um, who is amazing. You know, she doesn't get, she doesn't have a job where she gets to go to races or anything. She's more factory based, but she's been locked down and sort of, you know, baking banana bread with the rest of us. And like, I feel like she just sort of is just, you know, like one of us, she loves working there. Obviously, she's a fan as well. So she's just be doing that. And I know that this time of year as well, to lift everyone's spirits, she does like a song a day, like a Christmas song a day. And she's just been amazing, you know, just to sort of lift everyone's spirits and, you know, sort of bring us that sort of side of McLaren when she's allowed back into the MTC as well. She always shares photos and everything. So I think she's been like... She's sort of relatable. She's like one of us sort of thing. You know, I just feel like she's, you know, one of us fans, which is really nice. Yeah. Were we not going to try and get a Nikki and Lottie duet going at one point? (laughs) Yeah, I I think that still needs to happen. I wonder if they can, uh, maybe they can uh, work together and come up with a theme tune for the podcast next year. Let's see if we can make that happen. Into the MTC. We'll do it in the MTC for you. Okay, let's make that happen. Um, yeah, for for me, I, I kind of think that um, you know, there's there's been a lot of good stuff put out. One of the sort of best things that they've done this year is partner with uh, with Mind. I think that's been a great thing to do and bring that to the sort of forefront. Uh, so I, I, you know, I think whoever put that together and the team that brought that idea and pushed it there. Uh, has been has done a great thing, and I hope that continues with McLaren. Right, guys, we're into our last ten minutes, so let's quickly go through 2021. So, um, I'm going to start with you, Nikki. Being that you're uh, a Dan Stan, I think is the correct term that the youngins use these days. Tell <laughs> us what we can expect in 2021 from Danny Ricardo at McLaren. I am very, 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 very excited. <laughs> I know I don't sound it, but I am very excited. No, you um, definitely sound it. Brilliant, brilliant driver. And when he won that race in Monaco 2018 with that broken MGUK, that was just astounding. And I think he's going to bring a really, really good atmosphere to the team as well because he's quite jokey. And the banter with him between him and Jensen they used to have, that was brilliant, and I'm hoping that he'll be the same with Lando, and obviously help, like mentor him and stuff like that, like kind of how Carlos was with him, really. But yeah, I'd love. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, um, what do you think, sort of, as a as a driver, what can he bring that maybe Carlos hasn't or would? 
you know, is slightly different to what Carlos has been. I mean, definitely um, one of the things is, you know, he's won races. He knows what it takes to win a race. I feel that Carlos has given us a good two years of progressing us forward, but this is the next step. Yeah, because yeah, they're both quite good at they're both good at overtaking. And some of the overtakes Carlos did this year were brilliant. And yeah. but Daniel is known for his overtaking as well, his last minute. Late breaking. <laughs> his late breaking yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. I'm going to just, I've got a few questions here and I'm just going to put them out to you guys randomly. Um, so Andy and Sarah, how do you think we're going to cope with changing to the Mercedes engine next year? Okay. I have complete confidence because it's all about packaging. Every You've heard this word packaging a lot, and if our listeners don't really understand, it's how the engine fits and how the aerodynamics work around. You always hear about a close rear end and et cetera, et cetera. I just think Pardon? we're going to get the packaging. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, well, I'm sure people listen to this podcast from all over and not necessarily full watching F1 fans all the time. And I just think that if we can get it packaged within the car, so we have, we know we have a fantastic chassis. Um, I just think we've got it. We've already got it sussed. That's my belief. I think the guys that are doing the design have already got it sussed. Mm, I, I would do right. yeah, well, they they, it. Yeah. Carry on, Sarah. I was going to say they have to have it sussed by now, don't they? Because... When you look at the timelines of, of building cars and stuff, they're not going to be leaving it to the last minute. No. Just think of the brawn. That's all I'm going to say to all of you. Think of the brawn. Yeah. They had this okay. shell of a car. They stuck a different engine in the back. They hacked it about. They bodged it. They put gaffer tape around it, and it won the championship. So let's hope that we can stick that Merck engine in the back. And uh, even if we have to do that, who says it can't be a, a championship winner? Just on, on that point. Said, they already said if we had a Merck engine two weeks ago, then we, you know, Lando would have got pole position with a Merck engine. Right. It's a big, bold statement. I kind of remember Honda saying that we were as fast as the Mercs in Spa one year. So I'm going to wait until we see it first. Different yeah. between a dyno and on track. But given that we've had sort of the papaya colour scheme for a few years, coming out of sort of... Uh, what we've had with sort of Honda and stuff like that. And I think we're all a bit used to it. Knowing that when we go back to the old sort of, when we had Merck before, it was always a, I don't know whether it was a sponsorship thing or what, but we always had to have some sort of silver in the livery. Do we think that we would go back to that? Or we, do you think we're still going to keep Papaya? Um, I guess if we look at Williams and um, Tracing Point and stuff like that, then they've not had to put silver on the car. So I think... Personally, I think we might still say papaya. Uh, anyone think anything different? Are we all going papaya? Hands up if you think it's papaya next year. Oh, it's Not only do I think it's papaya, it's what I want. It's what right. I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think that's it. Yeah, we all <laughs> want to stay with papaya. Right, okay. I'll, I'll give Zach a I'd ring I'd be disappointed if they more. changed it. <laughs> yeah, I think it yeah. looks brilliant. I think it's striking on track, and I think it's probably brilliant for our sponsorships because we look different to all the other cars out there. Yeah. And it, and it really does, you know, the reason we went papaya was thinking about the days of old, the tradition and 
Bruce yeah. and all of that, and and we still want that. So yeah, yeah. stay papaya. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. I'm going to quickly go on to the next few things. So something that's very dear to my heart, Team Kit. Um, <laughs> Man with yeah. the biggest wardrobe in F1. <laughs> I, I'm going to need to buy another house soon to fit all this damn stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm quite. I, I always get excited about the team kit. It's always something that I look forward to. A bit like for me, the next year goes team kit, winter testing, and then the races. And it's like in that Everyone order. said car launch. What about the car launch? Uh, it kind of comes with the sort of winter testing around that time, doesn't it? So, um, but normally we find out about a month before that about the team kit, normally about end of Jan. Um, however, what I'd like to see, just from knowing, I'm, I'm hoping that you guys agree, I'd like to see a bit more women's selection. There's you you think that would just... suit you better? Or? I, I think so, given my bill. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. I'd get in on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm talking more for the for the females. I've certainly seen over the last sort of couple of years the female sort of side of the the team kit has dwindled quite a lot. Um, I don't know if they actually did any women's sizes this year, did they? I think they did kids. I, I didn't look. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. They did. But when they sized up against previous years, they were quite a few inches smaller for each size. So right. Um, yeah, we had that with I the. Think... the I think if you've got big men's sizes, you need to assume that you've got larger ladies' sizes as well, and they should be stocking all of their kit in lots of sizes. Yeah. I know our friend Fern, her dad's very tall, and, he, and she always says that the 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 double XL men's sizes aren't aren't big enough for him. So I think if we if we race as one and we're diversifying, we need to ensure there's team kit for everyone, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Have it in like the main team kit as well. None of the other things seem to do women's ones. Yeah, they always seem massive on me. Even if I get extra small, they're always like really baggy on me, which yeah. means I always end up just like wearing them under hoodie or something. Or and do you also just find they around. they don't hold enough stock of the smaller sizes? They always sell out really quickly. Yeah, yeah. it's the same with the bigger ones too, guys. Yeah, they don't, they don't go, hold yeah. enough stock stop do they yeah, like yeah. everything sells out so quickly yeah just need to make more i think so also they... when they when they get items online and they plug it and it's something might we might really want like the eva t-shirt i want it then if there's a t-shirt for a race i want it then i don't want it in a month's time because it's mm. on a pre-order so i think they need to just look at the way they deal with their stock and their ordering yeah i'd agree with right that. guys we're coming at the end of this one. We've got about a minute or two left. Um, we'll be back next year uh, before winter testing, hopefully. Maybe just after the team kit launch, we can have a team kit debate. Um, and maybe have some of you guys back on then. Thanks very much, Sarah and Andy. Thanks Good very pleasure. much, Nikki. Thanks. Thank and Hope for joining Bye. us. And as Thank always, you. Sarah as well. Everybody out there. Cheers, Andy. Have a great Christmas and make sure you tweet us if you get any McLaren presents under the tree. Um, thanks for listening this year. It's been great. We've really enjoyed doing it and we will speak to you guys in the new year. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone out there. And uh, let's go for P2 in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>